Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another evening, another sideline sports. As always, I got my guys with me. We don't have John this week, but you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. I heard what John said on the sports arena last night. Some things he says are a little out of pocket. He's a little nuts. That's a shameless plug. So we got Eric filling in. George is back. JB is here. And, of course, JB, I'm going to let you introduce our special guest over here. Take it away, sir. So we we got AC Coswell, former Raider. Uh, from the NFL, played in the Canadian League for a little bit, uh, entrepreneur, philanthropist. This this man's involved in a lot of different things. We're going to hear a lot about it tonight. Um, but welcome to the show, AC. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm great. Honored and blessed to be a part of you guys' show, man. A little bit jealous I don't have the background that you guys have, but it's all good, man. So, you know, when I told Eric and John and Jake that we were going to have you on, the first thing Eric said was, Oh, we met AC at the draft. Really great guy. And I love when I hear that because <laughs> this community is so small. And I tell that to the guys all the time. You run into the same people everywhere you go. And when you hear something, because I have connected with you on LinkedIn a while ago. You know, we yeah. spoke a little bit here and there. But, you know, the fact that they got to meet you and their first response was great guy. I love that, you know. Appreciate that, fellas, man. And thank you for your, what you guys are doing, man providing a platform for us, you know, us athletes to share some vision and talk to talk with you guys. So appreciate that kindly, man. Yeah, and I just want to, um, I want to echo those sentiments because I've actually had the privilege of actually meeting AC at the uh, National Scouting Combine last year in Indianapolis. And you know how when you meet someone, you, you just know right away that this person is going to be impactful and this, this gentleman is going to be memorable. We spent probably a good 20 minutes after the combine was over just having a conversation, just talking about life. And, he, you know, AC was kind enough to, to sit with me and talk with me about what he's doing and the impact. So the fact that, you know, a month or so later, I got to see him in Vegas and really got to see his body of work being a part of the party that was going on at the yeah. Blue Martini in Vegas. And then the very mm -hmm. next day, got to golf for the foundation and, and just see what he does. I, I'm going to tell you, gentlemen, it is something, and I know John would echo these same sentiments. It is truly like, it's that next level. You know what I'm saying? So I was very blessed and humbled to be a part of it. And again, it is great to see you, my brother, George. We just seem to be connecting on so many ways. Um, I was fortunate enough to be on the show last week. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Fortunate to be off the show Saturday. Yes, sir. When we took over the gauntlet. Just yes, as a just to you remind mean, some people. You mean Eric? You mean Philly Jams? Yeah, I, show I know Philly, that, Philly that he got suspended for. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Love that's it. a story for another time. Uh, so, all right, look, AC, you played football, so I think you know what? Let's just get right into this. Let's let's just talk some cool. sports, man. 
Because, George, I know you're chomping at the bit. I'm going to let you take this. Okay. Start us off, man. I, I know exactly where you want to start with this, so let's go. But, uh, AC, I see you went to uh, junior college. It, was I that, did, brother. Was that junior college in Arizona or California? Correct. I'm from L.A., man. Everybody get that confused. But I came out of um, – I was born in South Central L.A., man. Ended up living, you know, L.A., Arizona. Ended up going to Glendale Community College in Arizona. And uh, and 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 so I'm, I'm waiting to hear, you know, what y'all got to say because I know, brother, hey, junior college, we – couldn't nobody mess with us, bro. I, I, I'm And the reason why I'm asking you this because I come from the junior college ranks. I played at Bakersfield Junior College in Bakersfield, California. Yeah. Just like you, um, I was the first ballot Hall of Famer, and I'm on, and I'm a, uh, I'm in the Coaches Hall of Fame, and I'm in the Association Athletic Hall of Fame. So uh, I know how important junior college is to athletes that can't go straight out of high school to Division One. So that is a big boost to you from going from there to the Canadian League and then to the uh, Raiders, man. That that is that is a good job, man, and um. You've had a, a hell of a career, and I'm happy you're on the show. Well, I got a funny story for you, man. So if I say this name, I think I might be a little bit older than you, but if I say this name, you might remember him. So my boy, Lindsey Collins, man. You remember Lindsey Collins? Yeah. He, yeah. Came, he came out of Bakersfield. Yeah. And uh, so the big talk when I came out was Bakersfield was all that, Glendale Community College, you know, we all that. But we were never in the conference, so we was just like, look, bro, we, you know, we know what we're doing. And it's like, well, you know, we got to play. Well, they will never let us play, man. Um, but Bakersfield had talent, man. And I, I, I respect that program tremendously. We just never got a chance to lock up in junior college. And uh, yeah. we kind of carried that over. We carried that over into our <clears throat> NFL Europe, NFL, man. And everybody still talked about it. If we would have played, I said, bro, you don't think y'all want to touch with us. We had six guys went to the NFL just for my junior college team, man. So we, we yeah. were loaded, man. Oh, yeah. We were loaded. On my team, I didn't have any – well, I had one other guy to go to junior – that was from junior college. He went to Arizona State, and then he went to Pittsburgh just like I did. Uh, right. We were loaded, and I was the only out-of-state guy from Greenville, South Carolina, all the way out there at Bakersfield, California. Wow. And we were – so I hate to, like, mention this because it hurts me to my heart. So we were the number one team in the nation, and we played right. Glen community college down in Los Angeles. Right. Played them. I kind of lost the game because I, I the one who fumbled the ball and uh. lose it. And that and that one game cost us from winning the national championship. And I remember yeah. going back in the locker room, you know, crying, talking to my guys, telling them I let everybody down and this and that. But you know, at the end of the day we uh we did some great things at Bakersfield. We still have the national record for touchdowns in the season. I scored 34 touchdowns in 10 games, and that's still a national. Wow. That's pretty good, uh, huh? Yeah, since 19. Awesome. That probably won't ever be broken because of the past happy game now. Yeah. What what position did you play, George? Running back. Okay. So, yeah, that's – now. Yeah, yeah that record going to stay for a while, brother, because now you're talking about the game have changed and – and uh, like Arizona, we don't even have junior college football no more, which was crazy because if you look at this, if you look at our statistics in Arizona, mm -hmm. we have produced some of the most NFL players that came out of junior college right here in the state of Arizona. We don't even have junior college football anymore. And if it wasn't for junior college football, I wouldn't have made it because I didn't go to a D1. I went right from junior college to the Olympics for track and field. Yeah. So I didn't even get a chance to experience, you know, I was being offered by everybody. 
So high valuable important was junior college to me, man, over those two years. And we just, you know, we don't have it anymore. So it's, you know, it's, it, it's a tough situation, man. I, I wish I would have met you before today, AC, because on uh, April 14th, I did a keynote out in uh, Birmingham, Alabama for the National Junior College Athletic Association. We was out there where they where they had the, um, the team that was just playing at the USFL or something. We were right, yeah. So I did a keynote for all the for all the association for junior college, and I told my experience and what junior college did for me, and how still a pivotal the things that I learned now pivotal in my life today. Because sure. if it wasn't still junior college and them taking a chance on me, I wouldn't be on this panel with you guys today. There you go. That's how it happens. No, without a doubt, there's you know it's so important to have that opportunity because not everyone gets scouted by D1 colleges. Not everyone has the grades to go to a D1 school. You know, there's so many different reasons. Not everyone could afford or get looked at. So, you know, the fact that the guys are hungry enough and want to do it when you go to a junior college and, you know, step up your game and then go from there to go to the next level, it says a lot about your character. And in football, character is half the battle. Yes. JB, you talk about character. You, You just teed me up so perfectly. I know it's George like, wanted to talk like about this. Slow pitch, slow pitch softball. It is. It's like putting Aaron Judge out there for slow pitch softball. You're just going to see absolute nukes, easy stuff. Yeah. So, AC, it's good to have you for this because football is that, that. That's what I know. You know, as somebody that played and George played. So, let's talk some football. We got to talk about Deshaun Watson because this is. I'm not going to give my opinion yet. I want between you and George, real quick. I want to get your opinions. I'll move to JB. And then I'll give my opinion. I want to hear your thoughts on the suspension. Not the expectations for the team, just the length of the suspension itself. And AC, right. we'll, we'll start with you. Well, I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm a little bit biased, you know, from a player standpoint, but also from a business standpoint, guys. I mean, George can probably, I mean, I, I won't expose everything, but let me just say this, man. You know, when you play this game and you travel the way we travel and see the things that we see that fans and spectators and outside don't even witness, you know, you can't you can't create a double standard. I mean, there's owners, you know, I don't want to put my, you know, I got to be careful when I say this, but there's owners of teams that does a lot of stuff that people don't know, okay? And uh, you take George Kraft, for example, you know, you guys know a little bit about what his yeah. his personal uh-huh. things are. Yeah. That's okay, public knowledge, did, so yeah. Okay, what happened to him? So, you know, I, I you know, his suspension, six games, <laughs> if that's what it is. Hey, it is what it is. You know, you have collecting bargaining agreements for that reason. Yep. Uh, you know, um, and all we can do as players is support it and, and and most importantly hope that, you know, whatever he's dealing with on a personal level, that you get that help. And that's why I want to see the league change to say, guys, we're dealing with guys with serious, you know, behavior health, mental health, certain situations that they might still be dealing with that they're carrying, carrying over into the league. And, you know, you can suspend them six games, but I'll be rehabbing them. That's you know, you know so, what are we so doing over those six games? Real quick. Great point. And, and, and I know you got to keep your answers careful, so answer it to the best of your ability, but you mentioned something, so I got to ask it. So you use <laughs> Robert Kraft. So you named somebody that you can't get in trouble for saying anything like that because that's public knowledge, so you're, you're covered on that. Can you answer this? And if you can't, I totally get it. Is what Robert Kraft was alleged to have done, not saying he did or didn't do anything, is that something that's more commonplace than we know? You don't have to tell me who or how often. Just 
Is it more commonplace in the NFL than we know? As, I tell as, you this, as an outside perspective, you know. I tell you this here, and this is golf course story. So maybe you guys got to come to Arizona doing my celebrity golf tournament. And we'll talk, definitely talk. Okay, we're there. Because uh, I want to bring y'all out anyway, man. Doing some things we're doing the Super Bowl and stuff. But but let me say this, guys. So obviously we know players make the media. That's 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 it's all about the player story because that's what drives the rates. That's what drives the media. It's all about the players, right? And I can just tell you this on a funny level, like the baller, the movie ballers don't show you everything. Now, you guys know that when we travel to different cities, you guys already know what that lineup looked like outside the hotel. You got some of the most beautiful women around the world waiting to get in your door. OK, now the veterans, what they do, the veterans, you know, once again, I got to be careful. There was a time where we pay security to let them prospects come through that door. Right. But also you got coaches doing things, brother. You got coaches doing stuff that the players are doing. And and it's just a matter of the media don't really want their stories because it's about the players at that time. So when you look at some of the owners, not saying all of them, but they do a lot of dirt, brother. They do a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't know because they're the owners. And, uh, you know, you don't hear about these guys getting fined. You don't hear about these guys getting their team taken away from them or, you know, getting cut or traded. Because it's a it's a double standard, you understand. So when craft when the craft story hit the fan, brother, that every city we go to, we may do our stuff. Trust me, coaches doing their stuff. Not all of them. Okay. Okay. That, that yeah. but that I'll take that answer. Hey, that. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, right, you know, yeah. All right. Nothing that it makes it right or wrong, but no. I'm just saying. No. Hey. When you have players like us who sit on our boards, who sit on the NFLPA boards, and all the teams that we built, you know. We know these things. So, of course, we're going to fight for our players and make sure they're not going to get the death penalty when we know what these owners are doing. You understand us? And somebody yeah. coaches it. Okay. No, that's interesting to know. George, what are your oh, immediate I'm, thoughts? I'm going to come at it a little bit different than how AC, but it'll be <clears throat> So, he got suspended games. I'm pretty sure most people out that's listening to sideline sports and that's out in the world, you're not going to be able to – satisfy everybody some people are like i wish he was uh banned for life he get criminally charged go to jail be in jail forever then you got the other side who sit here saying well he was just uh the grant went through two grand juries there was no indictment those people know way more than what we know the public they got every information they know everything every deposition everything and this man was not indicted so I know everybody see it from a standpoint of can this be true? I'm going to look at it like this. I don't think it's bad as the women say. I don't think he is innocent as he said he is. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Because when you can't say that 30 women got all together and said we're going to do this to Deshaun Watson and we're going to all have the same story. So at the end of the day, Miss Sue, um, the uh, judge, she had a decision to make. She had no dog in the fight. She knew all the information. So I'm guessing, and I'm just speculating, she gave him a six-game suspension because he missed 17 last year. So if you total that up, that's 23 games he's missed. So absolutely. What, what did people want her to do? Do another year, and that'd be 34 games? So I'm thinking she's looking at that. On top of this man that went through two grand juries and there was no indictment, they didn't see anything worth indicting. 
And also, he's pretty much settled with every last one of the victims. So at the end of the day, you know, everybody just have to accept the ruling because the Cleveland Browns knew what they were getting when they when they signed him. They knew this. And they were willing to bet to say, you know what? We're all in on this because at the end of the day, if Deshaun Watson comes back on week seven and, and plays 11 games, they do what Cincinnati did last year, make an incredible run, go to the Super Bowl. I promise you, this will be all over with. People will stop talking about it, and it'll be out of the news. But right now, Roger Goodell on Park Avenue is the, I mean, nobody, I wouldn't want to be Roger Goodell right now. That's why the mm -hmm. owners pay him $50 million a year. He got to mm -hmm. make these hard choices right here. Right. We, don't, we don't have no precedent in the NFL with the, the right. only And that's part of the problem. Yeah, the only precedent we have is Ben Roethlisberger did something similar, but it was only one woman, and he it's got. Very, it's, it's very different when you compare yeah, it to. You're right. Yeah, so that that's my point. There's no precedent yeah. for this, so I don't know and um, what the league is going to do because Goodell is not going to win either way if he let the six games uh, go or if he make it longer because at the end of the day you're not going to be able to satisfy everybody. You're absolutely right about that. JB, what are your thoughts? So first of all, shameless plug for one of our other shows, the Sports Arena last night. Um, Ray Lynn was hosting. Um, Eric hosted a segment at the beginning, and Ray Lynn hosted after. I thought they covered this topic impeccably. Uh, great job, Eric. I appreciate you being here tonight with us. We always love having you with us. Um, but, you know, like I said last night, you have a guy like Josh Gordon, 25-plus games for marijuana. You can go to California by marijuana anytime you want. You go to Illinois by marijuana, smoke it legally, you know, not a problem. A lot of different places throughout the world. Vegas, same thing. Calvin Ridley, out, not playing. Ben, ben, for, whatever. for gambling, he's out for a year. Out for a year, you know. And you look at what, what the accusations against the Sean are. And, and I, listen, I'm a firm believer there's only 26 people that know what happened. The short of the women, you know, I'm not going to say he's guilty or he's innocent. You know, I, I kind of look at it the way George did. He kind of took the words out of my mouth. I'm short somewhere in between, you know, because everybody's memory is different. But that doesn't make a difference because none of us will ever know. But when you look at some of these other suspensions, which are ridiculous, that doesn't mean I'm saying he should be suspended more. He had a de facto one-year suspension by the Houston ownership where they sat him out all last year and they paid him, you know, but... To me, I thought it should have been a year uh, because if you're going to suspend him, you're either suspending him because he's guilty of something, and if he's guilty of at least one of this, one of these incidents, it should be a year, if not never play football again, or you're suspending him on accusations, which makes no sense. So That's once you go ahead and go with the suspension, you're then saying that he's guilty, and once you're saying he's guilty, you know, he probably should never play football again, but it should be at least a year. And if, yeah. if, if it's just an accusation and you're suspending them, that, that's absurd. So it's got to be one or the other. Well, again, JB, I'm going to push back a little bit on what you said about Kevin Ridley, about being suspended for betting $200 on gambling and then losing $11 million in salary and losing this whole year worth of football. We know the integrity of the game. That's the shield. You cannot do that with the betting on games. I, I don't care if you're doing it and leisure time. That's just the one thing they would not allow. There's only a few things you can't do in the NFL 
that will pretty much get you blackballed. That's one of them. And domestic violence, and especially domestic violence where they can prove it like they did Ray Rice. Remember the whole thing with Ray Rice until they seen that video. It, that's when everything got up on him. So exactly. And this situation right here, again, JB, he went through two grand juries. And you know, just as well as I know, if Deshaun Watson was a third string quarterback on a team, we wouldn't even be talking about this. We're only mm -hmm. talking about this because he is a Hall of Fame type talent. And he's he, a superstar. And there's not, a doubt. Yeah, and there's not a lot of uh, franchise superstar quarterbacks walking around in the streets of America. So his his celebrity is hurting him in this case because that's of without a doubt. Yeah. That's always how it goes, though. That's yes. that, that's just that's the nature right. of being a celebrity. Well, I, I disagree. I disagree with you, Jake. I, it well, doesn't always go that way. Um, and I'm just going to echo what I said last night because this is how I feel, and it, it may be completely different from everybody here. You're a black quarterback. You are a black quarterback in the NFL. You are a starting black quarterback in the NFL, which means you are one of 32 men. So you're the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. And when you are put in that or you are given that opportunity, like I said last night, there needs to be a manual that is given to you on how to conduct, on how to be, and how to move forward in that space because you're in rare air. And... Exactly. I am just of the mindset that, like I said, you no longer have a private life. You are continually under the microscope and every decision you make cannot in any way, shape, form or fashion give those that don't want us to be in those spaces reason to come back to the league, come back to the organization, come back to the general public and say, you see, this is why he should not be in this position. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. so, Eric, real, real quick. Okay. I'll, I'll give my opinion because my opinion actually, Eric, is closer to yours, which actually is the whole situation of what he did or allegedly rather did is where I'm concerned. Now, I will say this. The reason that he got the suspension he did I have a pretty fair guess is actually because we talked about that there's not really a precedent. There is, but there isn't. So there's not a precedent because we've never seen this many accusations against one person or player. We've never seen that. I, I cannot tell. I can tell you I've seen it happen with one person, you know, where it's one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. whether it was domestic violence or mm -hmm. any other type of misconduct uh, along those lines, right? Ben Roethlisberger is the example I can use. Mm -hmm. of a player that wasn't charged, wasn't arrested, wasn't anything. Nothing in terms of legal action was taken against him ever. However, he had the same sort of an accusation where there was a, some sort of uh, assault that was alleged against him. Mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended six games. I happened to look it up because I didn't remember how many games he'd been suspended. It was six games. So I think what really happened here was there's no precedent except for that. And the closest thing they had was, okay, what do we say if a player was accused of doing something but was never proven guilty of this same type of action? And they said, right. look, he wasn't found guilty on any charges. So as far as what we can do, we can give him the same 
that was given to somebody else. It didn't matter to them how many people accused him of that said action. It didn't matter because he wasn't found guilty for one of them. Now, I don't to, agree with that. No, no, I don't agree with any of this. A really bad area, though, where you're just no, going to JB, I'm not agreeing with this. I'm simply saying I think this is the process that they went through. It doesn't mean I agree with it. I think they're very yeah. well. I think, I think this is something that really he needs to get help, like you guys said. And I yeah. think he should be out until he gets that help. That should but, be the suspension, an indefinite suspension until he gets the proper help he needs to help fix him, you know, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever, however this is manifesting itself. I think it's mostly mental. That's where this, I think, stems from. Until he gets that help, you shouldn't be allowed on the football field. Well, I don't think there should be a number of games. That's my real opinion. So you don't think the judge going into her ruling, she didn't take all that in account of the president. Mm -hmm. He was suspended all last year. Right. I don't I don't know that she did. And I say that because he originally wanted out of with of Houston, which I think is part of where all of these problems stemmed from. And what I yeah, mean right. by that is I think Houston was so against starting him because of that. And then this came to light, which gave yes. them even less reason and gave them an easier reason to say, I'm not starting it. Now, I'm not saying they didn't start him because he wanted out. I'm not saying that's the reason. I have no idea right. what happened behind closed doors. But I think right. they use this, if anything, if their real reason was because they just didn't want to start him, because they just wanted to trade him and they knew he didn't want to play. I think they right. may have used it as a scapegoat, essentially, if that was the case. Now, I don't know. I can't speak on it. None of us can. Yeah. Right. But I don't know that the judge necessarily thought about that because I think she thought I need to think about what he did and what we need to do to reprimand him for what we believe he did or what was accused of him. That's how you got to look at it. You got to I think I think the judge was very narrowly focused intentionally for that reason, you know, because of what happened then was based on an accusation. Now it's based on that accusation, but now the league has to suspend him. Now the league has to take action. That was the team. The league has to make some kind of action, and that's the difference. Um, well, but I, but but the whole Calvin Ridley thing, and, and that, for me, that that still bothers me that he got suspended that much, you know, as long as he did. And then Deshaun Watson, who did what we believe to be more egregious acts. Now he never was actually confirmed to have done them, so that's the problem. Yeah. But more egregious acts did not warrant a larger suspension, which, in my opinion, it probably should. Well, I, I, I would say with Deshaun Watson on this front right here, they just said now with the new contract that he got with Cleveland, he cannot get any other outside massage therapist. He has to go through the right. team. And AC and myself, you know, who have played in the NFL, Eric, like how you said, you know, you got to represent the black quarterback. You know you're 1% of 1% you know how delicate this is. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I can tell you from personal, uh, you know, my own self, it is very difficult to walk that line and be right all the time and yeah. do it the right way and have that in your mind. Like I'm representing my race. I know they don't really want me to be a star yeah. in this and that. And when you got, just like AC, when you go yeah. on the road, there's everywhere. Yeah, now, it's it, it's too hard, guys. It, it, it's too, it's no one can be perfect, you know. And I don't mean to kind of like throw this in there. This is kind of how my culture. I grew up in South Central LA. Okay, that's that was my environment. 
And we were taught, like, you're not going to ever be a black quarterback because you got to be perfect. Or we were taught to be the black, to be a, to ever have a black president in the United States, you best, you basically have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. It, it, it's right now, you know, not to play the race car, but what, what black ownership do we have in the NFL right now? You're, Still you're none. Absolutely right. You're and it's like, okay, because we, we're, the pressure that we, we're put on ourselves as a culture is like, you basically got to be perfect. There's not even nobody's perfect. Like I said, I, I'm not going to even get into the dirt that I know. I'm talking about I know for a fact the dirt that I know. Um, and and I just think it's a double standard. Like I look at it from let's say we take about the betting. Right. We know now it's all about that betting money. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and these owners are smart because it's business. But why? But you're going to bring that temptation into the league and say, OK, guys, because we're making billions of dollars off of betting, but we still don't want you all to bet. We just don't want y'all to do this. Don't want y'all to do. It's just like alcohol sponsors. Okay, yep. you you tell these guys don't drink and drive. Don't get caught up with drinking. Don't get DUIs. Don't get, but who's your main brand sponsor? Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob, this, this, and that. I mean, yep. it's so much that goes into the hypocrisy of what we're doing now. What I what I would want to see for Deshaun and any other player is over these six games suspension. What is the league doing? What is the organization doing? <laughs> what is the player doing yep. over these six games to say, hey, man, you know what? I'm bettering myself. Okay, not saying that he's not doing it, but that should be highlighted because you can't, we can't go back. What's been done has been done. Now it's about, okay, guys, what can we do? Yeah. How do I better myself? How do I show over these six games, man, that I'm going to a sex therapist? I'm going to, you know, some type of help, whatever, whatever's trick, whatever. We completely whatever, agree. I'm gonna tell you right now, brother, I did some things over my career, brother, that you talking about that's like a guy going to the strip clubs. Yep. Okay, well, nine out of ten, you you're gonna leave with somebody. What color we just talk keeping it real. So if you look at a lot of the stuff that goes on, man, it's just about you it's hard to be perfect. He definitely has some things going on, as we all do. His just got exposed, like a lot of guys haven't got exposed. He's not the only player in the league doing this. He's yeah, not the only. Yeah. I don't see. I don't see. I don't see coaches, brother, straight up, married and not married. I've seen them do a lot of stuff. Okay, right. and it's like until he gets exposed, <coughs> what you gonna do? But Even on the other hand, if he didn't do any of it, he was completely innocent, right? Having to deal with all this for the the last two years, the mental punishment. If he was innocent, he still has problems because right. that takes a toll on you. So no matter what, there needs to be a healing. And it you got it. Yes. Partly guilty. You know, no matter what, that's so much for you what treat to him. deal with. You got to treat him like this. You know, and I'll, and I think it's okay for him to say that because he's a good friend of mine. We all know when Michael Vick, black quarterback, star quarterback, went through his whole process over dog fighting and all the horrible things that came against him, right? Yes. But the thing that I think, the thing that I like about Michael Vick is that he showed that, okay, after I came out of that, that that situation, which was horrible, but to get on that right track, you know, to look at that, he still have longevity after his career, doing the things that he's doing because he rehabbed himself. He, he overcame some things, and he showed the league that, hey, guys, I'm going to take this time to better myself. Right. That's And I hope that Deshaun takes that time to say, hey, every game I'm uh, out, I'm bettering myself. That's exactly what I was talking about. That's why I said – indefinite kind of suspension because he just needs to, we just need to see him working to better himself that's but, what i'm concerned about but he 
Murphy and Jake, I think with the Michael Vick comparison, he was convicted. You're right. True. No, you're absolutely right. It is different. Absolutely. Hell, and in order True. for him to even get a chance to come back, Tony Dungy had to vouch for him and had to prove to Peter dog lovers that he were going was going to do better. With the you're shot, absolutely right. There's nothing in his contract that says you need to go get mental health. I've already signed a 230 million fully guaranteed. There you go. You're right. You're absolutely right. No, I, I don't disagree with any of that. You're no. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so last thing I want to touch on, and then I want to shift over to talk about the Dolphins for a couple minutes. And then I want to talk some baseball. Um, <laughs> the last thing I, I this is gonna be a true statement, you know, moment for Roger Goodell, I believe. Roger Goodell, a couple days ago, I don't know if anybody remembers, said. And I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he essentially said, whatever the judge rules will be the final verdict. I won't. Yeah. That's it. End of story. But now, if you look up anything about this, Roger Goodell has the final say to the suspension. He could minimize it or extend it or leave it as is. This is going to be a very telling moment for Roger Goodell because I think if he extends it, it shows he's susceptible to just to be, you know, to the scrutiny, and he's going to crumble under that pressure of the scrutiny of other people. If he shortens it, I think it says the same thing. I think if he leaves it, at the very least, it gives him some integrity because it says, yeah. look, I made a promise. I said that we're going to follow whatever the judge says, and that's the end of the conversation. And I hope that's what he does, regardless of how I feel, George, you feel, AC, JB, Eric, John, who's not here, anybody feels. That shouldn't matter. Because he said, I'm listening to the judge. He should listen to the judge. And I really, I hope that's what he does regardless. So, I, don't think, I, I don't think they're going to do any more about it. I hope because, not. Because just think about it. His, his representatives have already said, if they appeal it, they're going to sue the NFL. And this thing is going to drag out even I, further. Yeah, so, We'll I, see what happens. I, yeah, I think Roger Goodell them is like, let's get these six games over with. And yeah. get I, George, I am... With the, I'm sitting here and hoping that's what happens. But, JB, I'll throw it to you again because I know you really wanted to talk about this. Of course, John is not here to talk about his Miami Dolphins. <laughs> let's spend the next – let's spend about 10 minutes on this, and then we've got about another 10 minutes after that to talk some baseball. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins because they are in trouble. They are in some hot water. So, John – How did we let John get in here? I didn't. It wasn't – but Eric, this wasn't a choice. It just happens. John, you should be packing so you could be going to the Hall of Fame ceremony and get, get ready. Otherwise, you could have been here with everybody else. So please go pack and get ready and get rested because your flight's early in the morning, you know, <laughs> instead of talking with us. If you want to talk with us, you don't have to get into the room. I was going to say, if you want anyway. to talk, get on. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I definitely think that this part of this is the NFL wanted to change the news cycle. You know, obviously what the Dolphins did with the tampering, um, you know, you can't tamper. There's always going to be penalties for, you know, talking to guys under contract, you know, which was the main point of where they lost the draft pick. You know, and if you're, you know, and when you have allegations of throwing games, you know, and, and tanking, which was never proven, you know, Lucky it's just bad, it's bad optics for the league as well. Another thing with optics, you know, that this comes out today, Changes the news cycle a little bit. It's the newest thing. We're all going to talk about I, it. You know, look, so I got to I got to agree on that. The NFL I was going to say, have I don't agree with John often, but I do think that 
it's a little coincidental that, oh, Deshaun comes out on Monday. Oh, Tuesday, let's put about the Dolphins. Dolphins are in trouble. Totally change the news yep. cycle. Just try to sweep Deshaun Watson away as fast as they can. Roger Goodell, like I said, I hope he just leaves I, it. Again, another way to do it is just don't make any other decisions. Just leave it be. Make less noise. I, I'm, I think to some extent you're right. They're trying to make as little noise as they possibly can. And by slamming the Dolphins, as John said, they're right. Hey, it takes everybody's minds off of Deshaun and puts it right back to the Dolphins. It puts it all on that. But, but we know, we know every team in the NBA made Oh, they all do it. They all oh, yeah. It's all about getting caught. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they just said the same thing with uh, James Harden in the Philly with him taking left to help the team win. So they said stuff about the Knicks too. The Knicks are under yes. investigation. I, yes, so they're all, happened. everybody does. Hey. It. You know, the funny thing, let me say this guys real quick. The funny thing I'm laughing because somebody just said something brilliant. You know, here's the funny thing about it. It's all about who get caught. It's so much that goes on a matter of who gets caught for doing what. That's the thing, man. It's something else is going to come up. This is not the last that we hear of something, something. No. It doesn't matter who gets caught. I mean, honestly, man. That's how most of it is. That's so funny because everybody said that same thing about Bill Belichick and Patriot by sitting there recording people's practices, stuff like that. And then once they got caught, a lot yep. of people on it, but they just got caught and somebody snitched and told on them that they uh, wanted the former coaches. It's just the one person that gets caught. It's all it takes. Yep. Right. Yep. But I will say this, and then I want to hear from JB and Eric. My opinion personally, because I saw, I read some of what was said. What Partially what was said, if I remember correctly, and somebody correct me if I'm, you know, misphrasing uh, this, but essentially what was being said was the owner of the Dolphins in some way said, Losing wouldn't be so bad. He didn't say go lose. He didn't say let's tank. But essentially there was a comment, that, he, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was fine for a comment that essentially he said losing wouldn't be the worst thing, which is his way of saying I don't really care if I win or not, but he phrased it in a really good way to save himself. Personally, this whole situation, I don't think you should be allowed to have a team anymore. Not because of tampering. I don't care about that. That's – People do that, but he clearly wanted this team to lose. Whether he gets caught, you know, completely red-handed saying "go lose games," Brian Flores, or saying something along the lines of "yeah, you know, if we lose, it won't be so bad." And I'm going to find the quote in a moment. That's that's you know, we talk about the integrity of the game. That's you can't do that. I'm cool with just not having a good team. I'm used to it. The Giants stink. They're terrible. I'm used to having a bad team, and that's fine. But intentionally losing. It, it ruins it, the integrity of the game, in my opinion. And you know what, brother? Let me tell you what I have a problem with that too. First of all, I have a major problem with that because it's hard enough being a black quarter, being a black coach, who has to show that you got to come instantly and win. Okay, once again, here we go. And I think that wow. was not right. Look at look at the hardship that he's having, you know. And that's not fair, man. To say, okay, hey, you know what? Not only are you a black coach trying to fight for your job and trying to show that you you deserve to be there as a head coach. But you have ownership saying, hey, we need to tank, yep. whatever. We need to lose games. You know who that falls back? That falls back on him. Now Nobody he gets – yeah. he's not the game. But, but the owner, You think the owner is going to fight for him to go get another job from another team? No, he's not. Nope. But you put, him in that, you put him in that situation to do what you wanted him to do for the better sake of you and your organization. That's not right, man. 
And it's, it's going oh, to be hard to get the owner out of there because of the boy league. So really, really quickly, George, I just, yeah. I wanted to, I've been trying to find it. So I found it. So they don't give an exact quote, but it's, um, it's, it's the second section, if you will, on the immediate, for the immediate release, it says the quote tanking to improve draft position. So number two, section two of this says on a number of occasions during the 2019 season, Mr. Ross expressed his belief that the Dolphins position in the upcoming 2020 draft should take priority over the team's win-loss record. So that was my point, and that's yeah. what I wanted to get at. He may not have said, go lose these games, but he said, I care more about our draft position. Integrity right. of the game, to me, but, is but, totally but, lost in those kind of statements. Like they said, they're not going to get him out of there because the owners have to get rid of him. The owners. Oh, I know. The, the other owners aren't going to get rid of him. He will have to do something, again, so egregious, like – do something racist, say say something, be caught saying something racist, or do something with domestic violence, or something like that with something like that should get under the uh, rug too as well. Because you see, it's the, and with the NFL, it's a good old boy thing. Just think about the incident that fired. He was talking, talking about people and all these high people saying all bad things, knowing there's no consequence to what they say or Absolutely. what they do. So real, really quickly, AC, I can see you're getting in the car. I don't want to hold you too much longer. I just want to give you the spotlight for just one minute here. Uh, JB was telling us all about your business ventures. you got a lot going on. Just before you hop off, you know, first of all, no, thank you. But, but second I'm good. of all, I'm good. Don't, no, don't worry. Really. But just yeah. tell everybody, just so we make sure we get to it, tell everybody what you got going on in your, in your world right well, now. Just, first of all, I'm excited, man, that uh, I have this opportunity with you guys, and I love to build a rapport with you guys. And I don't know who's all in what states, but as you know, man, I'm in Arizona, L.A. as well. But right now I'm in my home in uh, Arizona and uh, I own a, a very high end luxury brand called the Million Dollar Mingle Celebrity Fundraiser. And man, it's amazing, brother. It brings people from all over the world here to Scottsdale. We do our big celebrity golf tournament, luxury parties. I sponsor the polo. Uh, uh, it's called the Bentley Scottsdale Polo Tournament, which is one of the best. It's like the Waste Management Open. Nobody really cares about golf, right? People are networking, having a great time. So uh, we're, we're going to be kicking that off in November. And then I'm going to be doing three major Super Bowl events. Um, so I'd love to get you guys out here, man, out here to Arizona with us. All VIP. You ain't got to worry about nothing, brother. We got you. Come out of here. Have a great time. Bring your podcast show. We'll uh, every, every, my golf tournament. Everything that I do, I build a media a media island. When that's, you know, live media, podcast shows, newscasters. So I would love for you guys to come on out. But if anybody's interested in what we're doing, they can always go to uh, mdmexperience.com. And that'll kind of give you, once again, mdmexperience.com. Check it out, man. Uh, we're going to have an amazing time raising money, coming out, having a good time, networking, fellowshipping with all the athletes, bringing that camaraderie back that we so desperately miss, man. So, you know, I thank you, brothers, man, for providing the platform <laughs> for us Absolutely. to kind of come on. Talk about life, talk about football. I mean, these are some great, great topics, man. And uh, and just to get it off our chest, you know. And and, and like I said, yeah. we got some golf stories, things to talk all about, right. man. When y'all come out we, here, person, because we when can't we come out in February. You know, we can't we'll all put it on this, worry. but I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. All right, but, gentlemen, JB, Eric. If you but I got a couple of minutes, man. My partner, as I yeah. was telling you guys, go. My former partner, uh, Jerome Davison. 
is running for U.S. Congress and he's winning right now. And uh, I don't know if you got, he played with me at the Raiders game on Arizona State. Huh? That's, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Say that again, guys. No, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to support. Yeah. So, so I appreciate you guys, man. And I love it. Yeah. Go ahead. You good. No, I was going to say, real quick, JB, Eric, before we shift to baseball in just a minute here, did you guys have any last minute things you wanted to say about this? Desha uh, not Deshaun Watson, excuse me. This Dolphin situation? Because if not, I got to talk a little baseball. I am like, I got something I've been holding on to. So all I'm going to say with the Dolphins thing, if Daniel Snyder still owns the Redskins, Stephen Ross ain't going anywhere. Washington football team now, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Right. we're going to call them right. the Redskins. They, they, listen, the way the NFL is this week, they're still the Redskins. You're terrible. Yeah, yep. you're right. Eric, any last minute thoughts? <laughs> with regards to the Dolphins, no. Um, okay. You know, I'm, I'm glad Brian Flores is no longer there. He was the proverbial scapegoat. But oh, that, that's a whole other conversation for another time. I know you want to talk baseball, so oh. I'm going to let y'all get to that. Look, everybody wants to talk about Juan Soto. Everybody's like, oh, that's the best trade. No, no, no. I'm going to key you guys in on a little secret today because there was a trade that, unless you're a Yankee fan or really care about baseball, you probably don't even know what happened. But I'm going to tell you, it was the best trade to happen all day. Made my day. I didn't care if we got Juan Soto or not. If we could have got Juan Soto, I would have liked this trade better still. Does anybody know anything about Joey Gallo's season this year with the New York Yankees? Because if not, I want to clue you guys in a little bit. Oh, it's been bad. JB, it's been bad. JB, he played, I believe, 88 games. I don't remember any plate appearances he had. I had to look it up. But do you know how many hits he had in 88 games with the New York Yankees? You want to take a guess? Five. Oh, not that bad. <laughs> it, was, it was about 30. I believe it was 38 last time. I, 38. Aaron Judge who is currently the front runner for the AL MVP as of today, before today's game had 43 home runs. So Aaron judge had five more home runs than Joey Gallo had hits. So I'm wearing this Yankee stuff today because Joey Gallo has been traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now I don't like it because I'm scared the Dodgers are going to make him a superstar again, but the New York Yankees have rid themselves of Joey Gallo. It is the best trade to happen all day because when you have a guy that has less hits than another player, who granted is up for you know AL MVP, but has less hits than he has home runs alone, I think he needs to be traded. When your batting average is in the hundreds, you got a problem. You got a real well, they problem. They got a pretty good pitcher back. In I'll take it. Look, a double A pitcher. A lot of people hear double A pitcher and go, "Man, that's not that's that good. great." You know, he's a prospect. You don't know what's going to happen. I was happy. Yeah, he's to get pretty anything. good. He's I was happy to get pitcher. anything. Anything for He's Joe Gallo. I had to bring that up. Now we can talk about Juan Soto, which was the biggest trade by. Oh, so we're just not even going to talk about Noah Syndergaard, right? We're not we even going to talk about, about Noah Syndergaard. Let's That's talk fine. about no, it. Talk about Juan Soto. That's fine. Talk about, about Juan Soto. About Juan what, what do you want Soto. me to talk about Syndergaard? What has he done that makes me want to talk about him? Tell uh, me. Syndergaard came to the Philadelphia Phillies. No, That's I understand all that. that. Needs to be said. Thank but, you very much. But what has he done statistically? What has he done statistically to make me want to talk about him? It's okay. It's okay. That's what I thought. Forget about Juan Soto with singular. Talk about the Padres going out to get, you know, unbelievable. I mean, what is going on with them? They're they're all in. They're not going to go anywhere this year. They're still not winning it. They they would have to beat the Dodgers, the Mets, and either the Yankees or Astros in back to back to back rounds. You know what that would be like if they win the World Series? They're the greatest. No chance. No chance. They would. They're a great team. Don't get me wrong. You guys think. 
paying? What's that? You think they're going to pay Juan Soto? So, George, you knew I was going there. Here's my concern. Because I was curious about those. I thought about feasibility. Can they? I don't so, Juan so. Soto. Juan Soto is a free agent in 2025. That's when he's an unrestricted free agent. So, understand with this trade, I will say this. This gives them, granted, a small window, but it gives them two full seasons with Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. as their 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 number one, two, three stars. And that's a great set of stars. Don't get me wrong. That's phenomenal. But here's, you know, and, and, and you kind of started alluding to it. Here's my concern. Fernando Tatis Jr. won't be a free agent until 2035. That's not a problem. His average salary is about $25 million. It's a little bit less. You have Manny Machado, who won't be a free agent until 2029. His average salary is about $30 million. So you already have $50 million tied up in two players. I don't know that they're going to have the money to sign Juan Soto, whether they want to or not. For a team that a couple of years ago was saying that they're small market and can't afford people. I know. They already got those two guys locked up with that amount. And look, I'm I'm all for them going all in for the next two years because I know that's what they're doing. They're saying 23-24 or 23-24. And actually 25, because he'll be unrestricted after 25, excuse me. So um, so he'll, he'll be able to play through that season, or he should be able to, uh, I, unless, you know, God knows what happens. But they have a couple seasons that they decide, we're going all in. Let's do it. And I get it, but what are you going to do in a couple years? I mean, you trade away your entire farm system, basically, your, your yes. top prospects. And I get Juan Soto is a generational talent. What do you do that? What 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 do you do when he's a free agent in twenty five? What is your plan? Because you got Tatis, you got uh, Machado, then, but you lost your prospects, and you're now likely without Juan Soto unless you somehow miraculously clear cap space for him. He turned down four hundred forty million. That's now. right. He he may ask for five hundred fifty million. So That's, here's. Here's the question with the money, though. Did he turn down the money because he wanted to win? And maybe he'll take 440 in San Diego? Or did he turn down the money because he wants more? Because it could be both. It could be one I or the other. I think he wanted That's out of Washington. I, I just think he wanted out of Washington. I think there was something internally there for him that was like, I'm not staying. And I think, you know, I'll go so bold as to say, I think he takes 440 somewhere else. I don't think it's about the money. Okay. It could be. That, that's that's very possible. And, and I, think, if you, I think it could be a little of both that he wanted out of there, and he won't. He he still want the four forty, but I think he want the years cut down because if you average that out, that's only like twenty nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. And and, and yeah. for, but that kind of ability, twenty nine million dollars is just like getting a, getting a franchise quarterback for ten million dollars. So right. he's gonna want his money no matter what. I don't think he's going to undercut yeah. if worth $45 million, he's going to take 29. I don't, I, I don't think he's going to do that. So whoever and, gets, they're going to have to pay probably $40 million per season to get this. Uh, the, you think it's going to be that much per season? I mean, you, but you, you, you got like, well, you know, it uh, could be, it, it could be. Uh, you, you're in the Mets. He made what? Like 41, 43. You're right. You're right. And whatever's going on in Washington, I mean, it, it's a cancer. Harper left. You, you know, know what? Scherzer left. Rendon left when he got the 
the MVP. Here, for the here's what I'll say, though. Here's what oh. I'll say for Washington. The future is very bright. They have added for a who? lot. There's their prospects. That's what I was going to get at. They've added a lot of prospects, but the problem is prospects are just that. I don't know how they're going to turn out. So right now on paper, things look great in the future, but I don't know. And that's why I like what the Padres did, which I was going to get at, Eric. For me, when you're talking about prospects versus guaranteed stars, Padres made the right move. Absolutely. Because all the Washington has right now, Eric, you say for who? They have a bunch of prospects that I don't know how they're going to turn out. Okay. They look like they could I'm, I'm, be. I'm gonna, Jake, they could I'm be gonna great. I don't know. For you, really quick, since we in New York, since you in New York, I want to quote Jay Z for you. Ready? You know why they call a project a project? Because it's a project. That's exactly what these prospects are. You're right. Come on, no, man. I Cut agree. Eric, I'm on your side. I'm saying the future looks bright, but I don't know. Not That's for why... Washington, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No. Why does it not? Washington. And the Marlins are going to continually bottom, be bottom of the barrel in the NLEs. Enough said. Keep so, it moving. So right now with the with the trade deadline, right? You look at the the two big teams, obviously, or say the three: Yankees, Mets, Dodgers. Correct. It's probably the biggest payrolls going out there right now. Easily. Did any of them do anything that surprised you, or you know that yeah. you look back and say that's going to help them be the team that wins it? I, I can speak to the Yankees as a big Yankee fan. And if you say traded Gallo, you're done. No, I'm, no. I, order. If they didn't trade Gallo, I was going to riot. I was going to be so livid. It wasn't ridiculous. All I wanted today, I didn't care who went where. I didn't care about Juan Soto. I wasn't even watching for that trade. All I was watching for today was, please get rid of Joey Gallo. Just anything. I was, I'm not kidding. If they traded him for a bag of chips, I was totally cool with it. Just get him out. That's all I wanted. But no, the Yankees traded uh, – it was like the last trade of the day today. Uh, they traded starting pitcher Jordan Montgomery, which I'm a little – I'm not really understanding why they did it. He was a lefty pitcher. He had, I think, at a three uh, – I had to find his, his ERA. He was having a, a solid season. I'm not certain – I understand why they traded him, though. Um, it, it doesn't – I don't really know. I, I don't get that. The Dodgers were a little more quiet than I expected, and the Mets, same here. I, I thought they were going to be a little more active. I don't know about you guys. I just, I had high hopes for those teams. A little I was very surprised. To me, the biggest news of the day, and we'll talk a lot more about it at 11, they're confidential. Contreras and Hap stay yeah. Wrigley. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that was the biggest shock of the day. We were talking about it all day, waiting for the other shoe to drop. It never happened. It never happened. The lineup, yeah. came, out, the lineup came out about 4 14 this afternoon. You yeah. know, they were in the lineup. They never got pulled. They're still the team, so. They're still there, yeah. Hey, works out for you guys, right? Hmm. Oh, definitely. Eric, George, anything else before we wrap this up? Any surprises, anything you saw that really jumped out at you? No, no. Again, no. The, earlier it was, you know, the Dolphins bringing that news out with the Dolphins to try to cover up the John Watson stuff. So, yeah. we don't. No, we don't know. Something may drop tomorrow about another play. Who knows? Never know. Never know. All right, let's go around the horn real quick. George, we'll start with you. Where can everybody find you? Everybody can find me at uh, www.thepresentdad.com. I don't. I, I'm. I'm working on getting other uh, platforms like. All, all good. All. That. All right. JB. JB underscore the program on Twitter. Confidential. Eleven o'clock tonight. A uh, whole bunch of other projects in the work, but, you know, watch Confidential. We'll talk more. Absolutely. Eric? Monday and Wednesday night, Sports Arena, 10 p.m. Eastern. 
and I jump on other Sideline Sports Network programming shows whenever I get a chance. Absolutely. All right, everybody. As you see, scroll across the bottom of your screen. Our stuff is Instagram and Twitter is Sideline Support One. YouTube and Facebook is Sideline Sports. Just look us up on there. We are on TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that. DBTV. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. As always, like, subscribe. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. And as always, we'll see you next time. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.